1: Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
0: The book of Romans. Turn to the book of Romans and chapter 10. As we go through the book of Romans, you'll find that God has a very unique way of teaching. And the illustration that he uses... And uh, you'll find that many times God will even give you warnings uh, before judgment. And uh, he did that with Israel. But Israel just didn't pay him any mind. And uh, God had told him over and over again what he was going to do and how he was going to have to chase them as a nation. But there was always a remnant, always a remnant of those that believed. And um, one day the Lord had a chew out Elijah when he says, I'm the only one left. Everybody's gone and forsook you but me. And the Lord said, i oh, shut up. I got 7,000 haven't bowed the knee to Baal. Well, he didn't know it, but God did. Isn't it wonderful that God knows? And it's not always based upon what we know. But uh, here in the book of Romans, as Paul is relating to them uh, concerning the children of Israel, That those that were in the nation of Israel, uh, even though they were considered to be the the people of God, the remnant is those who believe, those that believed on the Lord. And so they were believers within the nation. And uh, just like we have believers in all nations around the world, but because of, uh, you know, hard-heartedness, not all nations believe on the Lord. There's a lot of believers in America, but I would not say at this point that America is all for the Lord. I think far from it. And so there's a price that we as a nation will pay, even though as an individual, God can still bless us. But many times as a nation, see, we have to suffer right along with the judgment that might come upon a nation. But anyway, here in the book of Romans in chapter 10, look there in verse 16. They have not all obeyed the gospel. It does state that Israel had the gospel. And that the gospel was preached to them. But it says, for Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So that's a a past tense when you're talking about 700 years before Christ came. And that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So people were saved by hearing. And uh, and trusting what they heard. And that's why it says, blessed are the feet of them that preach the good tidings. Uh, Remember this. uh, Even at times when God would chasten his people. And he could take the ten northern tribes and put them into Assyria. uh, They could still be a light to the, the worst people on the planet. And then whenever God took them into Babylon, they could have been a tremendous testimony wherever they were and we hear stories about certain things that did happen like the story of Esther and uh, tremendous stories but God wanted the nation of Israel to be a light to the world but Israel disobeyed God God had to chase them and so he scattered them all over the world and yet wherever they went throughout the whole world Could they not have told the people wherever they went about Jehovah? Could not they have still been a light to the world? You see, in the uh, book of Acts, he told them, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, after a while, see, there were a multitude of believers there in Jerusalem. But they never went into all the world until great persecution came upon the first church. And then because of great persecution, they were scattered. And the Bible says, and they went everywhere preaching the word. There's things that sometimes happens in your life where God may have to, in order to get the gospel to a certain place, because there are certain people that are desirous and want to know. You'd be surprised how God may move in your life to get you to a certain place at a certain time, and you can't figure it out. Why did this have to happen? Well, because God is God. And God knows what needs to be done. And God just seemed to take the liberty to do whatever God wants to do. With Israel, God had told them over and over again. He had warned them. He gave them the gospel, and it says, have they not heard See there in verse 18, but I say unto you, have they not heard? Didn't they get the gospel? Didn't they know? And the answer, of course, is yes, they did. And it would always refer back to some scripture. And here he says, yea, verily, their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. Now, we're talking about the sound and the words of the gospel, because that's what he's talking about. That's the context of what he's talking about here. Even you'll find out in the Apostle Paul's day, he says, and the gospel was preached into all the world. You say, well, maybe it was just the known world. But whatever it is, that's what God said. And he says, their words went into the ends of the earth. And look what he says in verse 19. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. So God, yes would set Israel aside for the purpose of blessing others so that it would make Israel jealous. Have you ever seen a boyfriend-girlfriend type deal? where sometimes a girl will flirt with another guy just to get this guy to be jealous? I, I tried a little bit of that this week. I won't tell you the whole situation, but trying to get somebody to get jealous of somebody else. <laughs> no, it wasn't me and Betty. know, it was somebody else. But I, I thought it was a good, she knows what I'm talking about. And, um, oh, so much I want to say. And I can't. But anyway, it was for the purpose of making them jealous. You see there in verse 20, but Isaiah is very bold and said, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, all day long have I stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. When he's talking about stretching forth his hand, uh, the gospel is God stretching forth his hand. See, whenever you and I give the gospel to somebody, that's the way that God stretches forth his hand. Um, look there in Isaiah, in uh, chapter 59. Just to hold your place here, but look in Isaiah 59. And you'll see a verse that uh, really kind of jumps out of the page at you. Look in Isaiah chapter 59, and look in verse 1. This is on page 764, and verse 1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. See, because of sin that separates between us and God, see, you know, every time we do the little wallet illustration, we show that it separates us between us and God. Well, this is what this is talking about. But he says, My arm is not so short that it cannot save, like it can't reach you. That's one of the greatest things that I, I like about the gospel, is that God is able to save anybody who believes. And that you and I are supposed to present the gospel because that is the hand of God. Uh, In the book of Isaiah, in chapter 53, when he talks about the arm of the Lord, talking about Christ, the power of God, the arm of the Lord, the right hand of God, he is his salvation, it's the Lord. And he has reached out into all the world because God wants the whole world to hear the gospel this good news. Uh, Go back here to Romans in chapter uh, 10, where it says he has reached forth his hands all the time trying to get people, Israel, to believe. So then he comes into chapter 11, and he says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? Well, there is a part of the nation that God has, but those who believe, the remnant, no. But God also says in several other places, as you'll read here in the book of Romans, of that um, they, it looks like he did cast them away. And uh, so you wonder, well, what is this really talking about? Did he cast them away or did he not? And if you look over there, in, um, look, look in verse 15. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? So it appears that they were cast aside temporarily for a reason but to give up on the people and that there's no more hope for Israel this is why you have some people talking about you know this covenant theology where everything that was promised to Israel since Israel has totally won, then there are no more and now it's just the church and the church is going to bring in the kingdom no what God promised to Israel belongs to Israel and there's people today that teach that there is no more Israel. There is a Israel. There is the land of Israel. There is a people of Israel. And they will be put back in their land. They have been put back in their land. And everything God has promised concerning Israel will be fulfilled, just like he said. The church is not Israel. They're not the same. Uh, theirs is an earthly kingdom and blessing, and ours is a heavenly. And yet, God's going to bring all things together into one during a period upon this earth called the millennial reign of Christ upon the earth. But look what he says here in verse 1 I say, then, have God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. In other words, I'm saved. I'm saved. It's not like, well, the Jew can't be saved now. Paul says, what about me? Look who I am. I know who I am. I know what I am. I know my tribe. And he is a believer. Wasn't it true? Wasn't all the uh, apostles, weren't they believers in the Lord and Jewish? On the day of Pentecost, there were probably all these Jews that trusted the Lord from different nations come together for Passover. So, yes, Jews can be saved. Uh, we even have one here somewhere. Where's Jonah? Jonah. There he is over there. Now he's Jewish. And uh, is he saved? I don't know. Yeah, he's saved. So can the individual Jews still be saved? Yes. It's not like God says you can't be saved. No, God didn't say that. So the individuals can. And there's a remnant of people that will still believe. And so he says here, In verse 2, have God cast away his people, which he foreknew? No. And this is a reference to those like you find in the book of Romans in chapter 8 about the foreknowledge of God. Because God in his foreknowledge has predetermined that he will never cast out anyone who believes on him. So he can't cast them out as though they can't be saved. Or if you're saved, then he can cast you out. He can never do that. Once you have eternal life, you have eternal life forever. One of the greatest verses that I use whenever I used to travel on the road and preach is Romans in chapter 11 and verse 6. Because in Romans chapter 11 and verse 6, look how clear this verse is. But do you realize this verse is a reference to the nation of Israel concerning the gospel that was preached back then 700 years ago before Christ? Look what he says in verse, uh, verse 6. And if by grace then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. In other words, it's either by grace or it's by works. And this is a reference to the nation of Israel and how they were saved. And that it hasn't changed. The gospel hasn't changed. It didn't say here that this was the old dispensation and they were saved this way and the new dispensation were saved another way. You don't find a break. You don't find anything like that in the book of Romans in chapter 9, 10, and 11. And so it's uh, talking about that remnant. See there in verse 5 where it says, Even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the what? election of grace. We still have individuals like the apostle Paul that believe the gospel and are saved and so just because the majority of a nation doesn't believe doesn't mean and doesn't cause the word of God to be of none effect. They still are saved and that's found in the book of Romans in chapter 3. Shall their unbelief make the word of God of no value? No. God's word is true. And look what he says down here in verse 3. Lord, they have killed thy prophets and digged down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. Uh, Now, this is uh, Elijah having a, a pity party for himself, remember? And so what did God do to encourage him? He gave him a second man. He gave him somebody to train. He gave him somebody to walk with him, somebody to come alongside And so God was able to use Elisha. And so he was following him like a hawk. And he wanted to make sure he saw him when he was taken up. And he didn't know exactly what moment he was going to be taken up. But he was watching. And when he was taken up, he grabbed a hold of that mantle. And he hit the water. And he said, I want a double portion of the Holy Ghost. Well, he didn't say it like that. But I want a double portion. And so he did 14 miracles. And Elijah did seven miracles. So did he get his double portion? Yes, he did. And uh, all because he was diligent and vigilant. But sometimes we think that nobody else loves the Lord like I do. There's nobody else like me. Or there's not another church like our church. No, you might find that there's thousands of churches just like our church that know the Lord and love the Lord just like we do. Present the gospel just as clear as we do. But we can't answer for anybody. All we've got to do is do what God wants us to do and to be found faithful. So he says here, I have reserved to myself 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal. And that's why he says in verse 5, Even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant that have not bowed the knee to Baal. And believe still in the choosing of how God chooses concerning grace. God has chosen to save a man by grace. And that's why you'll see the word election used up there in verse 5. And then down in verse 7 you'll see the word election used again. And this is referring to the the remnant. There's a, a handful of people that still believe that salvation is by grace. See, the majority of people, even in this world, believe that salvation is by your works. They may talk about grace, and they can talk about Jesus paying for all the sins of the world. But when you boil them down and nail it down, and the, you find out if they can lose their salvation, they're not truly trusting Christ as their Savior. They say the right words, but they believe they can lose it. The only way you can lose it is if it depends on you. Because see, he said, I won't lose you. So if I can lose my salvation because I'm in charge then, then my salvation depends on me. If I can lose it, then it depends on me. Why can't they see that? Do you see that? (laughs) Are you all awake out there? All right, let me know that you're awake. So they don't see it, they don't. And it's because the Bible says they're blind. They're blind. They can't see it. And God says, concerning the nation of Israel, they're blind in part. Now, I want you to see two words that's mentioned over here in verse 25. Look at verse 25, where it says, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part. They see some things, but not all things, not enough things. But what was the advantage of the Gentiles They believed it. And then it says there, until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. In part, fullness. In other words, those are not the same thing. Something that's in part and something that's full. We'll look at this as we go through here. But there's a a remnant of people that see it and understand it and believe it. It's just like we had a lot of kids that went to Bible college thousands of kids that went to Bible college. A few got it and saw the difference really understood the clarity of the gospel. And for 30, 40, 50 years later they were still just like they were back then because they got it. Some people change. Some people, they really didn't catch it. Because how can you really go against what you see and understand and believe and know to be true. I don't know, I guess there's people that can do it. The Bible says that winds of doctrine come along and people believe stuff. But we are so blessed to be able to know what God's word says and to believe it and to stay on track and and not to have these blinders where you can't see and understand. To get the whole panoramic view. Understanding what God's talking about. But look what he says. In verse 7 he says. What then Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for. Now I was talking to Israel like Israel was, you know, still Jacob. Like, like a, he was a man. And so as you study this and you go through here. Look at Israel as though Israel is a, An individual. And God is dealing with this individual. And he says, Hath not obtained it. Why didn't Israel obtain it? Well, because they were trying to be saved by their works. And God had already determined that He's going to save them by grace. And so if you look there in Romans in chapter 9, look at it real quickly again. See there in verse 11 For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works. See, that was true back then when it began as a nation. That God says, not everybody, just because you are the nation of Israel, doesn't mean you're my child. And that's right down in verse 8 of chapter 9, it says, that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. They're in the nation of God, and if they obeyed the law and offered the right sacrifices, they could have the same blessings of anybody else. And even in our nation, see, there's laws that God has put into this world. If a lost man obeys certain laws, he can have the results that a Christian can have. For example, I got five acres of land, you got five acres of land. I'm saved, you're lost. I work my ground, he works his ground. I dig up my ground, he dig up his ground. I fertilize, he fertilizes. I plant, he plants. Rain on mine, rain on his. Which one's going to grow? Both. So it rains upon the just and the unjust. And if he obeys certain laws, then he can have the benefits of obeying those laws. There's a lot of things that God has placed in this world as society concerning nation, that if we obey certain laws concerning the nation, then God has still got to bless us. But if we violate those laws, then there's going to be a judgment upon the nation. So that's what God has been doing down through the centuries. Now, go back here to Romans in chapter 11. See there in verse 8, he says, According as it is written. God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear until this day. They didn't see it back then and they still can't see it today. You say, well, then that doesn't make sense. But remember in chapter 9, when he talks about God says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Now, the Calvinists take this totally out of context and try to make it look like You know, God is the one that doesn't allow a man to believe. And that God gives faith to this one and faith to this one. And that's not what God does. You see, God will allow you to not trust Him, not believe Him. And if you choose not to believe, you have hardened yourself and you have blinded yourself. This is also mentioned, and it refers back to the book of Isaiah, but look very quickly in the book of Matthew in chapter 13. Matthew in chapter 13. And you'll notice that he refers to this also about you can't see, you don't understand. See there in Matthew in chapter 13, they asked him in verse 10, The disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. Okay, the question always comes in, well, why? For whosoever hath to him shall be given. In other words, those who will have and accept a little light, God can give them more light. And if you accept that light, then God can give you more light. The person who does not accept the light that God gives, then God doesn't have to give him any more light. Because, see, God is going to hold a man responsible according to the light that he has. And he says here, But whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundant. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not. Hearing, they hear not. Neither do they what? They don't understand. But it's because there's a certain amount of truth that God does give that they do not believe. And that is the key to gaining more. The Bible even says that in the book of Hebrews in chapter 6, where it says, and we will go on to maturity if God permits. But God does not permit a person to. To grow strong when they reject light to grow as a child. And that's why a lot of God's children, you can go to church all your life. And you can hear the word and never grow spiritually. I hate to say that. But there's people who've known the Lord for 20, 30, 40 years. And spiritually are no stronger than they were back then. Because they have rebelled against truth, or they will not do what God says they should do with the light they already have. So God will not permit you to gain any more. When you obey what you do know, then God can give you more light to do more. But you continually rebel and become disobedient to light, you already know. Why should God give you more light? So God says he will cause you not to see. Not to be able to discern. Why? Because you've already rebelled against a little truth, a little light. And so he says here in verse 14, And in them he is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing ye shall hear, and not understand. Seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed. It's already that way, see. Because they are already that way. That's why they can't see. That's why they can't hear. It's not because God didn't want them to see and God didn't want them to hear. But God will not allow a person to have light and to see when they rebel against truth. And that happens even today for God's people. Do you have to be baptized in
1: water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 Westwaters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634 and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast.